You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. Back and better than ever. Greeny rolling along. Presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests on the Goodyear hotline. They included George Kittle earlier today. We spoke at length with him, the terrific tight end for the San Francisco 49ers, and the latest in a line of my favorite players in the NFL. Just taking all other things out of the equation. The tight end who can do both is my favorite player in the NFL. The tight end who was a great blocker and still a great receiver that's my favorite position, going back to Dave Casper and guys like that back in the 70s and the long line of them. Gronkowski, I think the best ever to do it. Ditka, really the first ever to do it. Ditka, the first tight end to be voted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And now Kittle and Kelsey really sort of on a level all their own. Don't sleep on Kittle. Uh, didn't play much this year because of injury, so you don't remember just how good that guy is. But he should not be forgotten. The 49ers are going to come back in a huge way next season. But we are going to begin this hour with... You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. Question of the day. And it is about Deshaun Watson because the coaching carousel continues to spin. And someone asked me what I think is a good question, as I have been, as so many fans of so many different teams are lobbying like crazy for my favorite team, the New York Jets, to try and go out and get Deshaun Watson because I think he is a once, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And I'm going to go a little later in this hour to a bunch of different places, including New York and Chicago and some others, to talk about where we stand right now as far as the Watson stuff is concerned. But I'm talking about all the things that I would give up and everything else. And someone asked me the question, Greeny, the Jet fans spent so much of this season being excited about getting Trevor Lawrence. Now, the Jets, once upon a time, were 0-13. They had that ridiculous game that they lost at the very end of the Raiders with Greg Williams calling the defense, everything else. The world was convinced the Jets were going to get the number one pick and they were going to get Trevor Lawrence. There would have been a level of excitement for that, that that is unlike anything that you could have right now with anyone else that you draft this year, even though I think that Mac Jones is going to be a terrific NFL quarterback. Justin Fields has a chance to be great. Zach Wilson, people love. And Trey Lance, I I think all those guys are going to go in the first half of the first round of the draft. But the point of it is, someone asked me, Greeny, if the Jets had the first pick in the draft, would you want them to trade that for Deshaun Watson? And my answer could not be more definitive. The answer is absolutely yes. Trevor Lawrence has a chance to be great. And the one advantage that you have with Lawrence, if he turns out to be great, is that he costs you so much less over the next four or five years than Deshaun does. But here's the obvious reality, and this is not meant to take anything away from Lawrence, whom everyone says is a terrific kid, and people talk about him like he's the best prospect in however long, and I have no doubt he's going to be terrific. But he's got a long way to go to be as good as Deshaun. Deshaun Watson is a true bona fide NFL superstar who has proved everything you can prove plus 
all of every single intangible you could ever ask for, every piece of the community stuff you could ever ask for. And he's 25 years old. So in my opinion, you give whatever you have to. No amount is too much. So the, the question directly, the question of the day was, would you trade the first pick in the draft for him? And my answer is absolutely yes. And I think Jacksonville should be trying. And I don't know that they aren't. And look, I get it. If you're in Jacksonville right now, you're super excited. If you're a fan of that team, if you're urban and you took the coaching job there, you're excited about getting Trevor Lawrence. I don't blame you. You should be excited. Everyone says he's going to be unbelievable. But Deshaun Watson is unbelievable. Trevor Lawrence could be a great player and not be nearly as good as Deshaun is. There are a lot of really good quarterbacks who aren't on Deshaun Watson's level. So to me, the definitive answer is yes. No matter what you have to give up, you give it up to get him. And don't read into the Stafford deal. Don't fall into the trap. People are saying, oh, look, they had to give up the equivalent of three number ones to get Matt Stafford in L.A. Imagine it's going to be five number ones for Deshaun Watson. That's just lazy. That's from people who aren't paying attention. The reason that the Rams had to trade two ones to the Lions along with Goff was because they were paying the Lions to take Goff and his contract off their hands. That does not apply here. The Rams were trying to get out from under Goff. They weren't just trying to trade for Stafford. They were trying to say, we want Stafford, and we want you to take this albatross of a contract off our hands. And that is where the price tag came in. So don't read into that. Three number ones has only happened once before. The last time a team got three first-round picks in a trade was... 1989 Herschel Walker. Maybe the most famous trade of all time. And the Dallas Cowboys and Jimmy Johnson used that to build the core of teams that won three Super Bowls in four years. So you can make out awfully well. If you're the Texans, look, this is a terrible situation, but it doesn't have to be the death knell of your franchise. You maximize the value. You, you, you just accept that this is my reality. I'm going to have to trade Deshaun Watson. Painful though that may be. And you do it. And you get three ones and a three or whatever it is you get and a good player or two, and you start building. And you draft one of the really good quarterbacks that will be available in this year's draft, and you move on. You have no choice. He has made it clear he's not coming back. So he will be traded, and their best bet is to trade him as soon as they can. They show no inclination to do that from what I hear, but that will change. So again, to me, almost no amount is too much to give up. You're the Texans, and you want to get teams into a bidding war. Play the Jets and the Dolphins against each other. Imagine being the team in that pair that doesn't get Deshaun if he goes to the other. All of a sudden, you're the Jets, and in your division, you got Josh Allen twice a year, you got Deshaun twice a year, and you got Belichick twice a year. You're not winning the division for another 20 years. So there's a lot of heat on those franchises. Jets, Dolphins, see what happens. Bears in it, for sure, and others. So we'll be making a little circle around there, or a little run around the whole country here coming up in a little while, trying to figure out who's going to go where and what it's all going to mean. So that is on the way. But the Deshaun thing remains by far the most interesting and important thing of the NFL season or off season. Remember the new league year starts March 17th. I, I believe this will have to be done in that time frame. I don't think if you're the Texans, you want to hold this thing off until the draft because a lot of teams will take themselves out of the bidding. Other guys are going to move around. 
This carousel will never spin any faster than it's spinning right now. Greeny with you. And remember, this Valentine's, get the gift that is going to wow at 800 Flowers. 1-800-Flowers. Right now, you can get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for just $39.99 or double the roses for $20 more. To order, go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click on the radio icon, and enter my name, Greeny, as the code. That's 1-800-Flowers.com, and enter the code Greeny. Right, coming up next, my takes will include the NBA's most valuable players so far, and I will admit I'm stunned by who it is. And our Super Bowl trivia continues. Here's the next question. Tom Brady is one of two quarterbacks to throw for 400 yards in a Super Bowl. He's done it twice. Who's the only other one to do it? Who's the only other quarterback to throw for 400 yards in a Super Bowl? That's the question. The answer's next. I'm Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio as we continue here. Delighted you're with me, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guest on the Goodyear Hotline. And it's time for a fascinating stat. I'll make this our fascinating stat today because I think it is fascinating. I'm doing Super Bowl trivia all week long leading up to the Super Bowl. And I will tell you, I thought this was interesting. Tom Brady is one of only two quarterbacks to throw for 400 yards in a Super Bowl. He's actually done it twice. Who is the other I will confess, I am surprised when Hembo first sent me these questions that only one other quarterback had ever done it before. It doesn't surprise me greatly who the quarterback is, but I will tell you right now, I would have thought Montana did it at least once. I actually thought Nick Foles had done it in his Super Bowl, but the answer is Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner in Super Bowl 34 against the Titans is the only other quarterback besides Brady to ever throw for 400 yards in a Super Bowl game. And that is today's fascinating stat, which is brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. All right, time for the takes. Greenies Takes. All right, here we go. I'm going to give you now my Greenies Takes, which are my top three hot takes around the world of sports today. And not all of them are from the National Football League. The first one is this. Something that has only happened once which was 1999, is going to happen again in about three months. And that is five quarterbacks are going to go in the first half 
of the NFL draft. The stock is rising quickly on two of them. This year's quarterback draft was going to be all about Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, but hold everything. Zach Wilson is a player who has been climbing everyone's draft board. People will say, oh, look at him. Look at the tape. He looks a little like Aaron Rodgers. He looks a little like Patrick Mahomes. Bingo. That guy moves up the draft board. And then people start paying attention to what I've been saying all along. Mac Jones is an NFL quarterback, the kid from Alabama. He's smart. He's got a great arm. He makes great decisions. I think Mac Jones is going to be a terrific player. And all of a sudden, Mel Kuyper is saying that guy might go number eight to Carolina. And we still haven't gotten to Justin Fields. And then there's Trey Lance. And what winds up happening, you know this, is when there's a run on something, it feeds on itself. So once those guys go, once the third quarterback goes off the board at number eight or sooner, which I believe will happen, then teams are going to start getting desperate because this carousel will have spun itself into oblivion by then. And there will be a bunch of teams left without one. And they're counting on getting one in this draft. So I believe we will see one or two teams trade up into the first half of the first round to take quarterbacks. So again, for the first time since 1999, the only time besides 1999, I believe five quarterbacks will go in the first half of the NFL draft. My next greeny hot take is that the Aaron Rodgers staying put thing is not a done deal. Not a done deal. The idea that this is done is mistaken, and if people tell you it's done, they're wrong. The whole idea about this is that Aaron Rodgers wants a pound of flesh, and he deserves to get it. His former teammate T.J. Lang said it yesterday. I think he's going to make him pay, man. I think he's going to want some sort of uh, new deal where they guarantee a couple more years for him, uh, security-wise, being in Green Bay. I don't think he wants to go anywhere, but I think he's going to hold their feet to the fire and say, hey, you're going to keep me around, A, you're going to pay me, and B, you're going to bring in some players that I want to play with where we can take this next next leap. That was T.J. Lang from 97, won the ticket in Detroit, and he's exactly right. And people are sitting here, they're making a simple thing much too complicated. Is this about players he wants? Does he need a number two receiver? No, 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 it's not about any of that. Aaron Rodgers is mad. His franchise traded up in the first round last year to take his replacement And he isn't getting over that so easily. And what he is telling them is, I'm going to dictate the timing. You're not telling me when I'm done here. I'm telling you when I'm done here. So you're either going to guarantee a few more years of my deal so I know you're not benching me for Jordan Love in the next two years, or I'm going someplace else. Because every team in this league would be desperate for me right now. That's what Rodgers wants, I believe, and that's what he's going to get. And if the Packers and Gutenkoos are sitting there saying, I don't think I need to do any assuring, guess what? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You need to assure Aaron Rodgers because you don't get to be Aaron Rodgers without having that kind of ego. So Aaron Rodgers needs you to say, okay, you win. We made a mistake. You dictate the timing. Aaron Rodgers is taking control of the situation, and I have zero problem with it. Then my third take is this. Joel Embiid is averaging 28 points and 11 rebounds for the team with the best record in the East. When they swept the Celtics in two games in three nights a week or so ago, he scored 38 and 42 points. And so while it is early yet, I do not believe it is too early to say that he could very well become the first center to win MVP since Shaq in the year 2000. 
No center has won MVP in the NBA since Shaquille O'Neal in the year 2000. I believe there is a chance that Joel Embiid will be the next one to do it. And those are Greeny's Takes. They're presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Call or click today. Find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance. I think Embiid has surpassed. In fact, I think Kevin Durant has surpassed Giannis as well in the Eastern Conference as the leading candidates. Giannis isn't going to win it a third straight year practically no matter what. I can't even fathom what Giannis would have to do to be the MVP this year. But that's not even the point. If Giannis had never won the MVP award, Embiid and Durant, I think, would surpass him this year in the voting in the Eastern Conference alone. And don't discount LeBron. By the time this season ends, his name will be in the conversation, and maybe some others will as well. But the bottom line of it is this. Joel Embiid is a legit candidate for MVP of the NBA, and he'd be the first center to do it in 21 years. All right, we will be making four stops on the quarterback carousel of our own. Coming up next, as we get to the bottom of what is about to happen here, we're going to a bunch of different places and help you figure out where are all these quarterbacks going? Is your team going to get the help that it needs? We'll find out next. And the trivia continues, and this one is fun. Tom Brady is an underdog in the Super Bowl on Sunday. Who are the only two quarterbacks to win multiple Super Bowls as an underdog? Brady could do it. He, of course, was a heavy underdog against the Rams once upon a time. There are two quarterbacks who've won multiple Super Bowls as an underdog. Can you name them? I'll tell you who they are next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, right, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio and delighted that you are here. We're going to go around the country in just a moment here. Make a bunch of stops on the quarterback carousel figure out the meaning behind some of the moves that have been made and try and figure out what others are on the way. It's Greeny coming to you live from above the Heineken River deck at Pier 17. We will make that trip 
And in just a moment here, after this word from DraftKings, football fans, listen up. DraftKings is the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55, has up to $55 million in total prizes up for grabs. With their Super Bowl prediction pool, enter the free prediction challenge, answer questions like who will score last, and boom, get ready to make it rain. Download the DraftKings app, use the promo code GREENY, you'll enter the free $55 million prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. That's code GREENY, only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms and conditions and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, I told you Tom Brady is going to try and win a second Super Bowl as an underdog. There are only two quarterbacks who have won multiple Super Bowls as an underdog. Brady was involved in both of one of them. Eli Manning is one. He was an underdog in 07 and again in 11, both times to Brady and both times he won. And the other is Jim Plunkett. Plunkett of the Raiders beat Washington in one Super Bowl and the Eagles in another, both as an underdog. Plunkett, the only two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback not currently in the Hall of Fame. So there you go. The only quarterbacks to win multiple Super Bowls as an underdog are Eli Manning and Jim Plunkett. All right, let's go. I have only one question. We're going to do one question. We're going to go to a variety of different markets here where they have quarterback stuff worth talking about, and we are going to talk about it. And our first stop is going to be Los Angeles. Lindsay Theory covers the Rams for NFL Nation and for us. Good morning, Lindsay. And let us start with this. How would you explain how quickly it fell apart for Jared Goff and Sean McVay 16 months after the Rams made Goff the richest player in football history They basically paid the Lions to take him off their hands. Why did it go so bad so fast? Good morning, Greeny. It really has to do with, first of all, let's go with Jared Goff and his turnovers. Um, That grew very tiresome for Sean McVay. That became apparent week 12 when Sean McVay really broke some character, called Jared Goff out after a loss to the San Francisco 49ers. And then fast forward to week week 16, right? Jared Goff breaks his thumb. Uh, the next week they put in John Wolford. My understanding is from when he put in John Wolford, he just kind of felt Sean McVay uh, reinvigorated a bit and realized, like, these are the potentials I have with a different quarterback. Not saying that John Wolford was going to be the quarterback in the future, um, but that was kind of the final straw for Jared Goff is when Sean McVay got a taste of, of what a different quarterback could do. Uh, and, and from that point on, the writing was really on the wall that Jared Goff's time in L.A. might be limited uh, Sean McVay essentially benched Jared uh, against the Seahawks in that wild card game. And then uh, obviously Jared had to play in the divisional round when uh, Wolford was out with a neck injury. So I think that really sums up uh, the end of, of Jared Goff's career here. Um, turnovers and then McVay getting a taste of what another quarterback's capable of. Right, and so, Lindsay, now how would you describe the pressure that is on? They, they will go eight years without a first-round pick. They give up on a quarterback that they just invested everything in the world in. They have pushed every chip they have to the middle of the table. How much pressure is there on everybody, and who do you think feels it the most? I think the pressure is absolutely on. I mean, I think with Matthew Stafford having two years left on his deal, uh, the Rams having, like you said, kind of mortgaged their future again with all the first-round picks, they have to win now. I think the pressure most is on Sean McVay. Uh, some people will say it's on Les Need, but really Les Need is listening to Sean McVay. Sean McVay is telling him, this is who I want, get it done, and Les Need is getting it done. And that means sending first-round picks all across the country 
um, to to acquire Jalen Ramsey, to acquire Matthew Stafford. So I think these guys have two years to win a Super Bowl, and at that point, it might be really a reevaluation time out here if if they don't. I completely agree, Lindsay. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much for jumping in here. We'll do this again sometime soon. Thank you. I only have one question. My next stop is Detroit, where our NFL Nation reporter for the Lions is Michael Rothstein. And, Michael, obviously the Lions on the other side of this trade. So let me start with the reaction from the fans trading away the legend there, Stafford, and bringing in Goff about whom there are so many questions, plus the picks. How do the fans, how have the fans in Detroit reacted? Well, it's interesting as the week progressed from when Matthew Stafford had it kind of announced that they were going to be seeking a trade and the trade happened. I think they went through all five stages of, of grief, losing their quarterback, including, and I think this should tell you how fans really felt about Matthew Stafford. Over 1,500 of them raised money for the Acoustic Neuroma Association, which is a charity that's really close to Matthew and Kelly Stafford's hearts, and raised, I think it was over $23,000 or $24,000 in the time that I was checking on a daily basis. Then the trade happened. Fans are a little bit questionable, honestly, on Jared Goff, but people are willing to give him the benefit of the doubt if people understand that if he ends up rejuvenating his career in Detroit, this makes the deal a massive win for the Lions because they got a quarterback back and they got three picks, including two first-rounders, one in 2022, one in 2023. And those picks in those scenarios are even better because, let's be honest, with the COVID situation being the way it is, scouting being the way it is, for this draft, and Brad Holmes still implementing his system, having picks in 2022 and 2023 as first-rounders will allow them to potentially have a better scouting situation and also have his system in place going forward for what is going to be a multi-year reconstruction of this roster. All right, Michael Rothstein with the Lions. Thanks a million uh, for jumping in here. I appreciate it. We'll check in with you again. So that's the trade that was made. L.A. and Detroit with the Lions and the Rams making the swap. Now let's go to the places where we are still waiting for the carousel to spin. And here's Rich Samini, who covers the New York Jets for us and for NFL Nation. And, and Rich, people ask me all the time, and I just follow people like you who are actually working all of your sources and all of that. What would you say? What would you say right now is the likeliest scenario as far as who the Jets quarterback is week one of next football season? Well, Greeny, I think the Jets will, will make a, an effort to try to acquire Deshaun Watson. Uh, I think they'll be one of probably 20 teams in that mix. Uh, ultimately, though, I, I just don't know if they're going to fork over the massive amount of draft capital that it's going to take to make that deal. And so if I had to bet right now, I think they're going to run it back with Sam Darnold. I, I think they won't draft a quarterback at two. And I think they're going to try. There seems to be enough, enough positive vibe in the building with the new staff in there that they feel they could get something out of Darnold that the previous staff did not. And uh, so right now I lean towards Darnold, but, you know, they, they're going to get, shoot their shot, you know, and give a shot at Deshaun. If they were to not get Watson because they didn't go all the way because someone – significantly outbids them where would that come from where, where do you sense the hesitation is that ownership is that the general manager is it the coaching staff who wouldn't want to do just go completely all in to get to Sean no matter what well it's general manager Joe Douglas you know he's got the final say on that and uh you know Woody Johnson is back in the owner's chair right now I think Woody's more of a splash guy so I think if we're up to him 
ultimately he does have to sign off on it. Of course, he's the owner. Uh, but, you know, Joe Douglas is a guy who just loves having that draft capital. You know, they had to, to do, go through a lot of suffering, as I'm sure you can empathize with, to get those picks. They traded Jamal Adams to get that extra two, those two extra twos. And so I think he's got a plan to build through the draft. And so, you know, are they going to give up four number ones to get to Sean Watson? Uh, I'll believe it when I see it. I, I think they'll, like I said, I think they're going to be in the mix there. Uh, maybe he would offer Darnold, but I just have a feeling he goes somewhere else. And then finally, quickly, uh, Rich, you suggest that you think if they don't get Watson, that Sam Darnold comes back as the quarterback. In that case, do they use the second pick or do they trade it? Oh, I think they would want to trade that, no doubt. I think they would want to trade down maybe with Atlanta at four or Carolina looking for a, a quarterback. I think the Jets would even look for more draft capital because I just don't get the sense, and this is really early in the process, but I just don't get the sense that they're in love with one of those quarterbacks like Wilson and Fields. Now, if they had a Trevor Lawrence pick, then it's a no-brainer. They, they trade Darnold, they draft Lawrence. But I think there's enough of a gap between Lawrence and the next couple of quarterbacks that would prompt the Jets to uh, put that pick for sale if they don't get Deshaun Watson. All right, Rich Samini, thank you. As always, good to talk to you. I have one question. That we will make here. Let's go to Chicago. Jeff Dickerson covers the Bears for NFL Nation and for us, and he joins me on the Goodyear Hotline. And, and Jeff, it feels like from, from the very beginning of this process, we have been hearing the Bears' name as being a part of it, and that's not the one that immediately makes sense to me because the others that we hear about are the ones that have all these extra draft picks. It makes sense why the Jets, the Dolphins, and some of these other places, they have all this draft capital that they could trade if they choose to. What are the Bears, if, if the Bears are going to find a way to get themselves Deshaun Watson, how are they going to do it? Well, Greeny, they're so desperate. That's why you hear the Bears' name because they don't have, like, the Jets and Rich just told, they don't have a Sam Darnold sitting there. Mitchell Trubisky is going to be gone. He's out of contract. The only quarterback they have on the roster for next year is Nick Foles, and that's not very attractive to other teams. If they were to get a, a Deshaun Watson, and believe me, they would love to find a way to get this deal done, they have the 20th pick this year. The problem is they don't have that immediate relief in terms of draft capital for the Texans to get to Sean Watson. They have some star, younger defensive players. They could trade to Houston, no doubt. But they don't aren't sitting there with very enticing first-round picks. But I think they would trade whatever they had to trade, whatever the rules would let them trade. Defensive players, they would love to get to Sean Watson. I think Jimmy Garoppolo was someone that would intrigue them. If that doesn't happen, Greeny, they would have to try to move up and get a Mac Jones or a Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, something like that. I can't stress to you enough the pressure that they are under to find a quarterback after there were no wide-scale changes made following this season. I mean, the Bears are under the gun here. They'll do whatever they can possibly do, but because of their draft status right now, no one is sure if that's going to be good enough. That's uh, it's really fascinating. Jeff Dickerson, great to talk to you, my friend. Thank you for I got to ask him one question. And we will definitely keep going back to all these places because this is where all the action is. And so, again, just to recap there, we started in L.A. where all the pressure in the world is on the head coach now, Sean McVay, because they've got a two-year window to win a championship or bust. Then we went to Detroit where they think that maybe if Jared Goff winds up working out, then that's going to be one of the greatest trades ever. 
if they wind up getting their starting quarterback and two number ones. Even if it's not, you start building from here and we go. I think they did very well in that trade. Then we went to New York where the Jets, I think, are going to be all in on Deshaun Watson. And if not, maybe they go with Sam Darnold. And then we went to Chicago where they are desperate. And I certainly understand that desperation. I lived and worked in Chicago. I lived there for 11 years and I worked there for seven years covering sports, including the Bears, actually primarily the Bears. Um, and so their history of quarterback issues is overwhelming. And, and this this general manager is the one who famously traded up to take Mitchell Trubisky and passed in so doing on Watson and Mahomes. So they've got to get that right. They have to do something at quarterback. Now, I've told you before, I like the rookies in this class. I'd be lying to you if I said I've seen a lot of Zach Wilson. So I'm basing my opinion on him on the stuff that you hear from our draft insiders. But, but when comparisons like Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes come up, that sounds pretty good to me. I have seen a lot of Justin Fields, obviously, playing at Ohio State and everything else, just like you have. And I think he has a chance to be a terrific player. He is what an NFL quarterback is today. I keep going back to this. David Pollack on this show once said he's a more athletic Dak Prescott. Well, sounds pretty good to me. Trey Lance I've never seen in my entire life. He's the kid from the small school. They put together a one-game season this year. But he's a name that we were hearing about even before the season started, and it will come up again and be heard loudly. And then there's Mac Jones. I told you yesterday, I love Mac Jones. I, I think that the only thing he doesn't do is run with the football, and I just refuse to believe that we live in a time now where if you can't do that, you can't play quarterback in the NFL. It's remarkable because we used to live in a time where quarterbacks weren't allowed to run with the ball. That, that was, it was almost a detriment. Now, if you can't run with it, you can't play quarterback in the NFL? I mean, will there never be another Tom Brady and Peyton Manning again? I totally get the added dimension that Mahomes gives you, that Deshaun gives you, that, 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 that Josh Allen gives you, that Russell Wilson gives you. I get it. I understand the advantage of that. But those guys don't grow on trees. There are only so many of them. If you've got a guy who can do nine out of the ten things you need to do to be an NFL quarterback and do them at a super high level, I still have to believe there's a place for him. So I, I think Mac Jones has a chance to be a really good quarterback. We'll wait and see. One way or another, the coaching carousel continues to spin. All right, let's finish it up with some fun today. The list is what determines who matters in this business. Go back over the green green list list. today. Oh, Bubba, I'm sorry. I did it again. I talked over it again. Here's the problem, Bubba. Having some problems. I'm going to blame you for this. So Bubba's in in charge of our production. You keep putting... So there's something called a false out cue in this industry where it it sounds like it's over and then it's not. I'm going to play that again. You tell me. You're listening to this phone. I'm not talking to you, Bubba, now. I'm talking to every single person within the sound of my voice. If you were me and you were listening to this and you're trying to figure out when should I come in, you tell me when you think you should come in. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The Green List. Now. Okay, fair enough. The green list every single day, my top five, as chosen only by me, the world's foremost authority on all matters. And today's green list, because I promised you that every single day this week we would be doing Super Bowl-related lists. But I, I gave the staff a huge challenge today because they said, it's Groundhog Day. I don't care much for Groundhog Day as a holiday. But boy, I love that movie. Groundhog Day, honestly, that's one of my favorite movies ever. That is a combination of touching, insightful, brilliant, and incredibly funny. I love that movie. 
I love Bill Murray in that movie. So, with today being Groundhog Day, I, I said to the staff, we need to put together the top five players who have played in a Super Bowl and then memorably appeared in movies. So the top five Super Bowl participants in movies, and we've got them for you here. Number five. Dan Marino. Dan Marino's actually been in two movies. He was in Bad Boys 2 in 2003, but legendarily Ace Ventura. He's the one you want. Kill him. No, no, kill him. No, kill Kill him. him. He held the ball, man. Come on. Look at that. Cry, baby. Jock. Wimp. Muscle head. Dan Marino in Ace Ventura Pet Detective circa 1994 is number five on today's list. Four. Number four. Four is awfully good. Four. Had I realized how much I was going to love having all of these drops from the movies, I might have put this number one. Because while it's not my favorite performance, it is my favorite drop. This is Brett Favre, legendarily, in There's Something About Mary. Ah! Touchdown! Hi, Mary. Brett? What the hell is Brett Favre doing here? I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. Now, come on. <laughs> I'm in town to play the Dolphins. I love that line. I love that movie. It was an incredibly funny movie. 1998. That is Brett Favre, who was the fourth. He is number four. On the list, of course, played in two Super Bowls, and he's number four on the list of actors who played in the Super Bowl. Number three. Number three is Michael Irvin. Now, Michael Irvin, I think, could be a great actor if he sort of put his mind to that. He was in Slamma Jamma in 2017, but famously, he was in two Adam Sandler movies. One of them was Jack and Jill. The other was in The Longest Yard. You know MVP sold his own teammates out. What do you think he's going to do to you fools? Now, Michael, I think, would make an outstanding actor. Longest Yard, by the way, is a remake of a movie with Burt Reynolds that came out sometime in the 70s. I remember that movie from when I was a kid, and that was a very good movie. And I thought they did a very good job with the remake. I think that movie doesn't get enough respect, and Michael is terrific. I believe Michael Irvin would be an excellent actor. He is number three on today's list. But then two and one are legends. Number two. Number two is Mike Ditka and Kicking and Screaming. Now, Kicking and Screaming is the Will Ferrell soccer movie, if you've never seen it. And this movie came out in 2005. And my kids were born in 2000 and 2002. So at some point, we became aware of that movie. And that became a staple in my house. Because my kids thought it was very funny. And it's a very kid-friendly movie. Unlike a lot of Will Ferrell's movies, it is aimed at kids. And Mike Ditka has a huge part in it. I mean, huge. Mike Ditka doesn't have a cameo. Mike Ditka is one of the stars of the movie. You're supposed to back me up and go get me juice boxes when I tell you. Now go get me a juice box. You know who you're talking to. I'm talking to the juice box guy. You're crazy. Well, I'm not crazy. I'm just thirsty. Why don't you go to hell? No, you go to hell. Why you're there, why don't you grab me a juice box? I'm no juice box boy, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Mike Ditka told me once in the green room at ESPN when I brought this up to him, that more people will walk up to him in airports and other places and call him juice box than refer to his football career, including his coaching career. He has one of the great careers in pro football history. He's the first tight end to go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He won a Super Bowl as a tight end. He won a Super Bowl as an assistant coach and, of course, as a head coach with the 85 Bears, one of the most famous teams ever. But more people know him for the juice box line from kicking and screaming. But number one. Number one is Terry Bradshaw, who has made a ton of movies. 
Terry Bradshaw has been in a bunch of movies. It started with a movie called Hooper, which was a Burt Reynolds stuntman movie. Then he made Cannonball Run. Man does not live on, on, on bread alone. What concerns me is do we have enough ice for all this beer? Plenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, how about food, son? Did you bring enough food? Plenty. He played Al in a movie called Failure to Launch in the early 2000s. Terry Bradshaw is actually a good actor. He's a fascinating man. He does that stage show where he just is his, he's a raconteur. He sings songs. He's a really interesting guy. And he today is number one on the list. On today's green list of the five best Super Bowl participants who then went on to make movies in honor of today being Groundhog Day and Groundhog's Day being one of my favorite movies. Dan Marino, five. Brett Favre, four. Michael Irvin, three. Mike Ditka, two. And Terry Bradshaw at number one. By the way, Punxsutawney Phil did see his shadow. That means six more months of winter. Or six more... <laughs> Sorry. Six more weeks of winter. It only feels like six months. There's like 38 inches of snow outside my window right now. All right. It's been fun today. Thanks for the hang. See you tomorrow. ESPN Radio.